0: Hello, 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 and welcome back, everyone, to the Dynasty Wonderland Podcast. We are here yet again, another bonus episode doing more draft talk. And and then we're gonna hit up, you know, our initial thoughts, our first thoughts on round two. So uh, once again, by my side, Mr. Aaron Stewart, the March Heron. Thank you for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's a lot of fun. Another late night here and day two Mm -hmm. of the draft is done and this is an important day because as we know in fantasy football like for dynasty purposes the hit rate of guys drafted on day three just it plummets so getting that draft capital in round two round three is crucial and a lot of times it's my tiebreaker when i've got players that are close it's like okay who's getting the draft capital
0: yep yep that is uh That's definitely the thing. We had some weird stuff day one and weird stuff day two. So let's go ahead and get into it. By the way, follow us on the Twitters, me at RMK Madness, and then Mr. Stewart at Aaron Stew 09. And then we do have an account for the podcast now, DW underscore pod. That's it, right? That is it. Yeah. (laughs) Short,
1: simple, easy to remember.
0: Yes. So follow that as well, but we get into day two. My biggest takeaway <clears throat> was the lack of running backs taken, mm-hmm. particularly because I'm looking at Atlanta and maybe they're okay with Mike Davis. He had a solid lead year last year, but it, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm look at them. You look at the Jets. I mean, I mean, there's some teams that could use a back. Some may say Miami. I'm kind of rooting for Miles Gaskin, but you know, now you're at a point where you wonder some of those guys safe because yeah, there's still a couple of guys we like left, but they're going to be hitting that round four at the best round four draft cap. And so the lack of running backs was my biggest thing. Although obviously thought the Javonta Williams move was good. There's a lot of people not liking it, but I think it was a good move. Melvin Gordon not much left in the tank. And, you know, I actually saw somebody on Twitter talking about how they let go of Philip Lindsay and kept Melvin Gordon. And now they traded up for Javante. And I'm like, man, some people just really like, really like that Philip Lindsay.
1: <laughs> Not us, though. Not no. us.
0: <laughs> no. So I did like that move. And then, other than that, it was Trey Sermon to the 49ers in round three. And, and And so, Kenneth of Gangwell, Jamar Jefferson, a couple of guys we like. It, it, bummer, bummer. And now, now, not that there's no chance for them, but you know, I, I mean, this kind of says to me that uh, the NFL kind of thinks of the draft class what most fantasy people have thought of this draft class <laughs> as far as running back goes. And uh, so, it, it, yeah, for me, it was just kind of blah. And I was, I was expecting. Well, I really expected Atlanta to take somebody, <laughs> and uh, no, nothing. Just Javante Williams and Trey Sermon.
1: Well, and I'll say from from our our podcast yesterday, we both called it. Like we called different parts. You called Javante Williams to Denver and, and laid out great point. Uh, you know they've got like Gordon is okay, but he's getting up there in age. It's the last year of his contract. They got rid of Lindsey. They brought in Mike Boone, but then the entire time, I'm like, Boone is – he's made his career in special teams. Like, mm-hmm. if they don't add anyone, anyone else, like, cool, they'll get a chance. But I was never rushing to grab Mike Boone. I've, I've done that too many times in the past. Right, right, right. So, uh, interestingly enough, the draft pick that Denver used, they, they did a trade with Atlanta. So, it was interesting that two teams that – we all thought could use a <coughs> running back were the ones involved in the trade. And the team that needed a running back more actually traded down. Um, I love Javante Williams in Denver because I have been warming up more and more to Javante Williams mainly because it goes hand in hand with just going Najah Harris, Travis Etienne. I have major question marks. Um, those aren't guys that, are locks for 101 for me. I just really not like too many question marks at this point of the process. Um, as for Trey Sermon, it, with this entire time, the big three, I I don't think we're in question. Najee, Etienne, Javante, but that next tier, who is gonna be the fourth guy? Trey Sermon clearly has to be it by default just because he got the very important day two draft capital being drafted around three as you mentioned and so far we michael carter kenny gainwell chubba hubbard
0: yeah i forgot about Chuba. there's a few yeah yeah, a few
1: guys we like man exactly now i i will say just real quick it's like they may come off the board really quick just looking at the draft if i've got it correct here it's to start day three you know, it's the Jets, the second pick, they still haven't added anyone, so it's a Ty Johnson, LaMichael P. Ryan, uh, Tevin Coleman, Josh Adams, like, hey, a Michael Carter or Kenny Gainwell going there, like, that That has to prop them up into maybe being round two dynasty rookie picks, mm. uh, Atlanta's there at pick three, and yeah, and, and Atlanta's got pick nine in the fourth round, so we I'm thinking we're going to see a running back go pretty early in the fourth round and probably two.
0: Yeah. And, and I was going to bring that up as well, because Mm -hmm. I do think early enough in round four, there's hope there, especially to a team with not much for depth, Mm -hmm. you know, like in Atlanta, like a New York jets. And, and I was going to mention, yeah, they're both right there at the beginning of the fourth round. And Um, so maybe Javonta Williams goes, or maybe there were teams willing to wait and kind of were like, okay, so ATN, maybe they viewed ATN, Najee Harris is the top guys. And then they kind of have a similar grade with, you know, a handful of the next guys. So maybe they liked someone or, oh yeah, we'll take extra picks to trade back and we'll grab a running back later. Who knows? But it, you know it, it is tough the day three but but i am kind of interest, interested to see what happens you know right at the beginning of round four like you're talking about and i, I also was going to say really quick when it comes to Trey sermon i think not just the draft capital but you have to realize where he landed it, you know we've mentioned it before again you don't want to coach worship and it's not all about the scheme but we have seen this 49ers run scheme deliver excellent fantasy running backs and not of the most talented kind Raheem Mostert Jeff uh, like I so Trey Sermon could certainly go there and succeed if he's given opportunity with that team I think and so with that in consideration the draft capital uh, yeah does that mean I'm necessarily buying into him? I don't know Uh, but probably not but I do think that you know Yes, you've got to put them 4 You've got to. Yeah, because I think for the most part, everyone's kind of
1: had Kenny Gainwell, Chubba Hubbard, Trey Sermon, kind of in this like awkward three-way tie. And, and like I mentioned, the way to break, uh, break tiebreakers is go draft capital. And looking at the depth chart there, and my goodness, what a mess. <laughs> because you've got guys in Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert that have produced in years past for the 49ers but also they've they made a significant investment in Trey Sermon. day two draft capital is nothing to scoff at and right then they also signed Wayne Gallman like right before the draft so I want to say what Gallman has draft capital like before they had signed Wayne Gallman they their entire running back core combined for zero draft capital unless mm-hmm. you count the fullback I just call him juice because I'm not going to pronounce that last name
0: kyle usage <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: juice juice was the only guy with draft capital and then they signed wayne gallman wayne gallman i want to say years ago was what a fourth round pick uh, and so trey sermon is the running back with the most nfl draft capital
0: there right it's because they it's normally right now yeah, yeah they normally do just get guys and yeah. You, you know, so they. I do think you have to take that into consideration, but I am interested to see what happens at the top of round four. So, hey, you know, lack of running backs, tons of wide receivers today, yeah. though. Tons of wide and receivers. And before, oh, sorry, before we go get ahead. to receivers,
1: I want to add just one really quick thing here. Of course, there's of a course. veteran running back, a veteran running back that has survived yet another hurdle here. That's our boy Miles Gaskin. Right yes. now, date day three draft capital for the Miami Dolphins. They have one fifth rounder and two seventh rounders. I I think Gaskins is in the clear.
0: Yep. There's a very good chance he is. And and not to mention Chase Edmonds. Yeah. N- no running back taken. So I mean, you gotta consider that too. But yes. Yes. Miles Gaskin. I'm very happy about that. And, you know, Chase Edmonds, a little bit different situation because he has James Conner and I'm sure Gaskin will have some competition, but I really am pretty excited for Gaskin at this point. So, but indeed we continue on to the wide receivers. Good, good job bringing up Gaskin, by the way, good point. And, uh, you know, right at the top of round two, elijah moore goes to the jets and you know as someone who really likes mims i'm like oh no because then there's mims there's Corey davis and elijah moore but also there's no guarantee Corey davis is going to be any good in new york there's no guarantee elijah moore pans out there's i mean even if one of the two i mean I don't know They're, I can't find a way for them to be all three fantasy relevant, but I still believe in Denzel Mims. And while this certainly can hurt Denzel Mims has the profile. He can prove to be the best receiver on that team still. So does this kind of hurt? Yeah. Cause you know, a lot of Mims fans out there bumming at this pick and I get it, but I still feel like he's the most talented receiver on the team. And if that bears out, He's gonna be the one with the most production, but you know this does say, "Hey, they now they've technically got three guys." I mean, <laughs> so uh, what are your thoughts on this particular pick?
1: There's one veteran receiver that's going under the radar too, and that's they still have Jameson Crowder.
0: Oh yes, 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 you're right.
1: In all of this too, but one of the one of the things to watch though is I don't I don't believe he's gonna gonna be released he's too productive like you, you don't release good players but right. just pulling up his contract he has got what is this a 11.36 million dollar cap hit. that's a lot of money for right. a slot receiver a productive slot receiver but especially with them drafting elijah moore like at the top of the second round like you draft a guy like that because you want to get him on the field sooner rather than later Right. So it's, I don't think a trade's going to happen in the offseason yet, but especially going into the NFL season. And if the Jets, I don't believe they're ready to compete yet with the trade deadline, they might be able to get a nice little uh, draft pick for Jameson Crowder. But he yeah. only has a dead cap of $1 million. Like they could save over $10 million by trading or releasing Crowder. I don't believe he'll be released, but. Crowder is someone to watch because, yeah, as you mentioned they signed Corey Davis. They drafted Denzel Mims in the second round last year. They drafted Elijah Moore in the second round this year. Clearly the Jets have not been they, – they knew wide receiver had to be addressed last season, and they needed to definitely address it this season. And right. even deeper on the depth chart, they have Keelan Cole. So they mm-hmm. suddenly have depth at receiver, something they didn't have before. I still prefer the MIMS profile over Corey Davis. Anyone that follows me knows I am not a Corey Davis fan. I just – I don't believe him. I don't believe in him. Mm -hmm. When his best season last year was off extreme efficiency and he still didn't break out. Corey Davis, forever a number two receiver in the NFL at best.
0: Right. And that's what I was saying. There's no guarantee he goes to New York and he's even anything like he was this past year for Tennessee. And so it could be these two young guys are the two main guys. And again, I prefer Mims out of all of them, and I believe in him, and I believe he will rise to the top. But as far as some of these other ones, there's a lot of different ones. I mean, I could go through the list. But, I mean, Rondale Moore to Arizona is interesting. Um, kind of a bummer if you still have some faith in Christian Kirk. Uh, our boy Terrace Marshall went to Carolina. This one's a bit weird. Um, I'm kind of like, well, I kind of like it. It's also kind of like, I, aren't, aren't him and DJ Moore, Wouldn't they be similar type players?
1: Uh, I, I think they can coexist.
0: DJ Moore, I I think they can too, but yeah. Yeah.
1: And it'll be interesting to see, see three wide receiver sets in 2021, but also Robbie Anderson. I'm pretty certain I'm going to confirm too, but I'm pretty sure Robbie Anderson's contract expires this season. So I think Mm -hmm. it's more of the Panthers. It was just falling down the draft board. He, we saw two, two at, well, And we saw uh, Eskridge get drafted before Dwayne Eskridge Eskridge get drafted before Terrace Marshall. And I'm curious what is on that medical report, because why the hell are these small, undersized receivers that may do more on special teams than they do on offense? Why are they getting drafted over Terrace Marshall? I'm I'm intrigued on that one. I'm interested. And yes, I'm pulled up. I pulled up Robbie Anderson's contract. He's, he's a free agent at the end of this year. So Mm -hmm. Terrace Marshall becomes interesting in rookie drafts because some people, I know at one point I was debating having Terrace Marshall as my number two wide receiver. he has a Mm -hmm. lot of the things we look for in, in analytics and he looks the part clearly there are questions about production that had to be answered, but because he slipped in the NFL draft in rookie drafts, you're probably getting him at a great price. So I I feel like I'm going to have quite a bit of Terrace Marshall there. And even, even if he doesn't hit, I'm not going to be upset because I feel like he's starting to slip into the mid to late second round. Right. That's, I'm curious about ADP uh, that we'll see this upcoming week.
0: And I was sitting here having faith, not knowing that about Robbie Anderson's contract, because I just assumed, you know, there's a room there. And yeah, Robbie Anderson got a lot of work last year. That doesn't guarantee he will this year. And, you know, he's always been more of the deep threat. And so, you know, you do wonder what all this could be in 2021, but beyond that now, yes. And, and I, I, I like Terrace Marshall anyway. I didn't, I wasn't in love with the Carolina landing spot, but I didn't hate it either. So that's, you know, even buoys the positive thinking about this. So I definitely am going to be in line with you as far as rostering quite a bit of Terrace Marshall, I think, when it comes down to it. And then uh,
1: the risk is just, it's canceled, the risk of Terrace Marshall is canceled out by the fact that his, his rookie cost now is going to also go down. So, upside's there, and the risk has been lowered. I'm on board.
0: As am I. As am I. And, again, I think I might have appreciated a little bit better of a landing spot, but I don't hate this at all, and it looks better and better. Um, but as far as, like, the rest of the – yeah, you had Eskridge, Tutu Atwell go before him. And then after him, Josh Palmer, Diami Brown. I mean, so it, it was just kind of, it was a lot of wide receivers, but not a ton that I'm super excited about or landing spots. But it, there is one I'm interested in. There's quite a, people, quite a few people talking about Amari Rogers on Twitter. I'm not the biggest um, watcher of college football. Now I know he plays for Clemson. So I know that he's likely to have played with other NFL talent. And, of course, you look at his – did I not even write it down? Yeah, his teammate score is fifth in this class. Fifth. So you look at this dude's profile, and there's honestly not a whole lot impressive about it. All of his workout metrics are below average. College dominator, 30th percentile. College yards per reception, 30th percentile. I mean, it's some weird stuff. And then you kind of look at the college stats. And there's some weird stuff here too. Like his first year. Played in 12 games, 19, just 19 receptions on 23 targets. And so is this, all this talent that he's teammates with, you know, it's just taken him a while to go because there's other talent there. And you look at this and what's what's really impressive is his catch rate. Oh, yeah. And (laughs) so I'm like, well, shit. So, and... And I see catch rate like that and I'm like, holy shit. So it's I'm I I again, I don't watch enough college football, but I also trust the numbers. And so I'm I'm kind of trying to figure out what it is that a lot of people like about this because I don't know if Aaron Rodgers stays or not, but at some point they had to get a receiver for their team, regardless. (laughs) And and so this is the guy and not that I entirely trust what the Packers do, but there, there was a lot of people that seem to like this pick. And I'm just trying to figure out why, and uh, maybe you have something you could, well, really, because his profile again is there's not a lot overly impressive that that collegiate catch rate is fantastic. But other than that, I, I mean, there's not a lot there. You can understand, you know, with the teammates score and everything that might affect the breakout age and things like that, but it's, there's just otherwise, I mean, you can't explain everything, you know? (laughs) So I'm kind of confused. So I I, I find this player a little bit interesting. Um, and, And what are your thoughts on him? Certainly.
1: So I think there is one, one thing in his profile that stands out and that is like many of the receivers in this class it's he's he's small well short at least he stands at five nine but unlike a lot of our other uh five nine receivers in this class and i just talked about tutu atwell and Mm -hmm. dwayne Estridge, he comes in weighing 212 pounds right holy smokes i mean that is if you're going to be short like at least exceed 200 pounds any more <laughs> he more than hit that mark there it, it right. was it was fantastic so it's like okay we we start to see where he could possibly play a role because his best comparable player is actually a guy from last year's rookie class Lynn Bowden mm-hmm. not quite as that. explosive but you know Lynn Bowden had uh, I think it's still an interesting player because it's okay he's going to be the more likely a slot receiver that does a lot of this stuff after the catch. And, and there is Amari Rogers has a history of producing in special teams. In fact, okay. he, he had over 300 yards special teams yards back in 2018, the following season, he exceeded 150 special teams yards and scored a touchdown. So I, I don't have the dynamics for there, but this is the type of stuff that we look for. And mm. during the, during the senior bowl, was also taking reps at running back it's like okay awesome i can work with this a wide receiver that's that's getting running back reps okay they just want to get the the ball in his hands so i want to pull up his best comparable player here so amari rogers we talked about lynn bowden is the best uh his closest comp, but there is another intriguing one in his top five that was productive that kind of reminds me of that player that's Debo Samuel and mm. that same build of being a short guy but also having some weight to him uh, we didn't really talk much about Debo Samuel until it was oh he's got some decent draft capital by the by the 49ers mm. and in despite being a senior Amari Rogers he's still just 21 years old so it's not it's yeah. not 23 he's not right. uh, he's not Dwayne Eskridge is 24 he's not 24 you like right. got a 21-year-old receiver that is should be 22 like early in the season. It's not ancient. And having that Debo Samuel comp that is probably best case scenario there. But at least we could see how he's gonna fit in the NFL. At least he's right. not two two at well and being 5'9 and weighing 148 pounds. Right. Um, and the other thing too. You Know me, I gotta bring contracts into this. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the Green Bay Packers, they're wide receivers, and throw Robert Tonyan in there as well. Nobody is under contract after this season. Devontae Adams is not under contract, Robert Tanya is not under contract. It is a wide open depth chart. And Rogers is not a he's not built to be an alpha, but if he has a solid rookie season. He's definitely going to be there next year. And right. Lazard. Lazard may not be there. Equinemia, St. Br- well, Brown. never did much, but he won't he won't be there. Uh, Marquez Valdez Gantling, he's not going to be there to drop, you know, 70-yard touchdowns. <laughs> so Rogers, at least from a dynasty perspective, you could see how he's going to have short-term fantasy value. And it, it seems to be one of the most secured roles. Uh, amongst these receivers drafted round two round three
0: you know my first thought was they drafted him because his last name is Rodgers and as soon as they trade Rodgers he's going to take the number 12 and then that way Packers fans can just keep their 12 Rodgers jerseys <laughs> I like it oh it's brilliant by the Packers really if you mm-hmm. think about it <sighs> so absolutely that, that I mean as far as I go I mean Nico Collins to Houston, Anthony Schwartz to Cleveland uh, those were the last couple of receiver picks. I don't know if you have if, if anything else you'd like to hit on as far as the receivers that were taken a day
1: I think those two guys that you mentioned the the important thing was they, these are these are fast guys and in particular for Nico Collins is one of the elusive receivers in this class that has size and speed. 6'4, 215 pounds. Now mm-hmm. he has third round trap capital, which right. helps his case. The the only thing Nico Collins is really lacking is well, he wasn't really productive. Now, yeah, the question becomes is it him? Is it Michigan? Because Michigan just seems to be a black hole. And Donovan Peoples Jones at least flashed but a Jim little bit. Yeah. It's like, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh is doing to Michigan there. Okay. So at least for Nico Collins, this is huge. Nico Collins is <coughs> a guy that is all over people's rankings. I mean, some people have him in their top 10 and some people have them outside their top 15. This draft capital means he should be closer to people's top 10 than outside their top 15. Uh, right. Anthony Schwartz Oh, we know that that Roto Underworld's Josh Larkey is doing backflips. Like that, that's huge. the the fastest wide receiver in this rookie class We're in a 4-3-2 40-yard dash now has third-round draft capital. If something happens, if they decide to move on from Odell Beckham, like I, I think really right off the bat, Schwartz, he's he's gonna be in three wide receiver sets, just because his speed, his speed is different. Mm. Rashard, Rashard Higgins is a solid guy. Uh, Baker loves him, but Higgins and Landry, to me, were always got the same type of receiver with Landry, of course, being a much more productive receiver. Mm. So Schwartz is interesting. Uh, speedy guy, a fast guy with draft capital. That's got to help his breakout rating. Right. Um, yeah. And the one guy that, I have not been able, I don't know how to rank him before, but now with draft capital, it's like, I need to rely on film grinders. Honestly, for this guy is Josh Palmer going to the chargers. Yeah. I, I was looking at this guy and I'm like, I, I
0: have no idea.
1: (laughs) I've, I've watched, I've watched some, some clips, uh, some game footage of him and I can tell that he, he makes some big plays and Tennessee is uh, it's hard to judge the talent there because the quarterback talent is so bad. But Marquez right. Callaway, Marquez Callaway last year was undrafted. Mm. It came from Tennessee as well. And then when the Saints put him in games, it was like this guy looks like an NFL player. Like he is right. very like you could just tell when he was returning kicks. There he played fast. He was decisive, and now his teammate josh palmer actually has draft capital mm-hmm. i have to listen to some film grinders and see what they can tell me about this guy because now i've got to have josh palmer on on my radar he's got to be at least you know my top 20 wide receivers just because he's got draft capital unlike some of my other guys that i might like like shy smith or simi fihopo
0: yeah I, and that's the thing is is with draft capital, you kind of have to pay attention. And say, okay, with draft capital, these are the guys that are also going to go higher in rookie drafts. So you got to find which ones are the most talented in the best situations. I do kind of like the Schwartz one. I want to see how that receiving core plays out with Cleveland. But I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited. They're like my, they would never be my favorite team, but they're kind of like my, my, my home away from home team that I root for, even though I have no yeah. ties to Cleveland whatsoever. <laughs> I just, I kind of, it's the, the lovable loser thing. Like I root for them and especially when they got Baker, cause I was a big, big into Baker. So I'm like, you know, I, I kind of root for the Browns. So it's, they had some other good picks in the draft so far. So it's, it's yeah. just good to see like them doing all around. So I'm going to continue to trust what they're doing, continue and with that, and go ahead and dig in on Anthony Schwartz. And, uh, but I did kind of go right over the cards taking Rondale Jones. I didn't know if you had something. Oh, not Rondale
1: Jones. I'm <laughs> huh? R- Rondale Moore, he's, he's, yeah, Rondale Moore. Moore. Yeah.
0: I, I have written Rondale Moore. I don't know why I said Rondale because uh, Ryan likes to make mistakes. <laughs> it's part of what I do. Anyway, did you have anything you wanted to? say about that
1: you know Rondell Moore if he was 6'2 and 215 pounds he'd be Calvin Johnson right mm-hmm. so well, all jokes aside if anyone that follows Roto world gets the joke <laughs> so Rondell Moore if from the, from analytic side and that's that's what Ryan and I are like hits everything the only negative is he's 5'7 and it's just right. like Devontae Smith not weighing a lot. Like it, so there is a little bit more concern with Rondell Moore because there are some injury problems the past couple of seasons. But I think it is pretty telling that he still got he still got round two draft capital um, despite only playing seven games total the past two seasons. Hmm. That early freshman production where he got I want to say it was a thirty three or maybe 35% dominator rating. That's absurd to put in perspective. Yeah. Like I look for seasons for receivers that I'm looking for them to hit 20%. That catches my attention. Mm-hmm. If it's over 25%, I'm like, yes, you're definitely on my board. And Anything over 30%, I'm like, Oh, I'm definitely, definitely interested in you. So right. Rondell Moore going to Arizona. I, I know Christian Kirk. There are a lot of truthers there. And I say that word because we only call people truthers when there's players that are starting to like that. That clock for their breakout is almost out. And I'm afraid now that Christian Kirk fans now have to be referred to as Christian Kirk truthers. That is some big draft capital. And the Cardinals, they speak with their actions there there's no Fitzgerald anymore. I don't know if he's officially retired, but he's not under contract and it just doesn't seem that he's going to be back. And if they were sold on Christian Kirk, I don't think they would have used a second round pick on Rondell Moore, who kind of plays the same way. He, he, Mm -hmm. Rondell Moore, I, I would say would be best utilized as a slot receiver where he can use his explosiveness and his shiftiness to be able to be able to exploit linebackers or safeties or whoever has to guard this guy in the slot.
0: And supposedly that's where Christian Kirk was going to get back to playing. And that was kind of the hope with him still. And that seems a bit dashed, (laughs) but so thank you for bringing us around on that and and catching me on Rondale Jones. I don't know what the fuck was that was. Anyway, so not a whole lot left to discuss, but there were a few QBs and a few tight ends taken. We'll go ahead and start with QBs. You were you were close on your prediction <laughs> with the whole quarterback luxury pick to Tampa Bay. It so was close. just it was just Kyle Trask. <laughs> and <laughs> And then Davis Mills ends up going at the three-three to Houston, the pick before him, which I found this very interesting. Kelly Mon to Minnesota. I actually find this very interesting. Yes, this actually feels smart for the Vikings.
1: I love it. I freaking
0: love it. I'm That's... not used to that. You know. <laughs> And, and, and you know, I hope it puts Kirk Cousins' ass on the hot seat. And I know Kirk Cousins is productive, and he's actually been solid, solid for fantasy. But as someone who rooted for the Vikings, I can't tell you how many times I've watched that dude, like, where a defender's about to hit him. And instead of trying to do anything, he just, like, just <laughs> scritches up, just bracing for the fucking hit. And it drives me bonkers. It's I I just, it drives me nuts. So I'm like, yes, getting someone in there to push Kirk Cousins, potentially take her, I love this. So I'm a believer that Kellen Mond could potentially become something. And I think this is a great spot. I think it's a great spot. Absolutely. I I was ecstatic
1: because I was watching... I watched Tampa Bay take Kyle Trask. I'm like, well, you, you know, you screwed up, you screwed up the pick Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. Um, And then, and, and then what, what was it? Let's see. I've got the, I've got the order here. So then we go in the third round and as Jaguars, weren't going to take the quarterback, but I, I knew that the, the three quarterbacks that got drafted today, Trask, Mond, Mills, like that's been a group where I've been like, these, these guys are going to go on day two, like they mm-hmm. they are guys that at the very least are intriguing developmental projects, right? Like that in in other seasons, like these guys would possibly be the fourth or fifth quarterback. It's just this quarterback class I've been saying is, is deep, like there's yeah. five first round guys. And then these next three is like, I'm not surprised about any of these guys going uh, where they did. Uh, right. But at the start of the third round after the Jaguars pick, I was like, you know, Vikings do have Kirk Cousins, but no one behind him. They don't they haven't really developed the guys like I'd like to see him take Kellen on, but they won't do that. And when they did, I I think I popped harder for that than any other pick in this draft. Yeah. I was exci- I was excited. Um, The Kirk Cousins contract, like they, they are basically married to him for 2021 and 2022, but you have Kellen Mond for four years. That's okay. Like let Kellen Mond, this is ideal. You go to a team where you can be the backup for two seasons. You learn Mm -hmm. how to practice as a pro, you get to improve. And that's what Kellen Mond did each season with Texas A&M. He got better and better and better. He's not a finished product yet and i'm i'm excited to to revisit this two years time in 2023 and seeing how far he's come like what we'll, we'll know if we'll right. know if he's ready for it if if they can if they can handle it right and also it's will mike zimmer still be the coach because a coaching change could that could ruin the plans but i'm going to stay optimistic here i'm excited for the Vikings, because that was their second pick in the draft. That's why I didn't think they were going to do it. I was like, they got hmm. an offensive tackle. That was great. I was like, ah, that's kill him on if they, if, if it was a luxury pick, they could. I was like, they still got needs to address. And right. for them to use their second draft pick on a quarterback, that's a telling sign right there. Uh, Kyle Trask, I, I'm not a fan, but the situation's good. Like, there's no pressure. He gets to go and sit behind Brady. Brady is right. Is right. an Iron Man. yeah. And you get to work with Bruce Arians. And we've seen Bruce Arians have success with quarterbacks, and usually it comes with a difficult first season. But at least that difficult first season for Trask is going to be being a backup. So right. it's there's still potential. I mean, you can't teach size. Kyle Trask is 6'5". 250 pounds he's a big old boy um Mm -hmm. he looks like what what teams look for uh at quarterback and then the final one davis mills mills the the only knock on him is that his 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 collegiate career always gets derailed by injuries so he starts to look interesting and then he gets hurt he starts to look uh, interesting and he gets COVID. But then he goes to the Houston Texans. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. I, Mills was intriguing, but I, that's a dumpster fire of a team. And I don't get, I don't get why their very first pick in the draft, which was round three, they're drafting a a quarterback. I I mean, I know Watson's got his legal (laughs) issues. Right.
0: It does seem weird
1: but there's no talent on that team. What? So Mills, um, I'm praying for him. He needs it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a, a pretty shit landing spot for Mr. Mills. <laughs> but uh, like you said, Trask, Mond, much better. So, you know, and I, Jamie Newman's still out there. I still got a little bit of hope for him. Um, but it's that was another one I was hoping would go – uh, at least at some point at the end of round three but just didn't happen so we'll see where he does indeed end up and then you have your tight ends yeah. and your boy pat fryermuth this guy went to pittsburgh because pittsburgh continues to think that this is four years ago and that they have a younger Ben Roethlisberger and a better offensive line, you know, some of the stuff you've been talking about and they continue to believe that. And so now they've not only gotten a running back in the first round, but now they've added a tight end in the second round. Uh, Okay. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and talk on that before I get to the other tight ends.
1: Oh, Pittsburgh. I, I can now call him Pittsburgh, Pat. Right? Like Pittsburgh Pat. (laughs) Yeah, just call that. Just call that. Because I'm telling you, I have a hard time with names. My 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 tongue gets tongue-tied, but Pittsburgh Pat, well, first (laughs) I'm just gonna say the Steelers may be having the worst draft. Like they just don't seem to get when to target positions. Like, why you have an offensive line that's old and falling apart, and you've invested nothing nothing in it like it's it's insane but but situations can change they've got the second best tight end it is going to be interesting to see how 2021 is because they have eric ebron as well now pittsburgh tends they tended to use vance mcdonald and eric ebron so maybe pittsburgh pat can step into a vance mcdonald role but the problem is mcdonald was blocking a lot (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i i will have to be patient with pittsburgh pat he's he's still as a lot of people put it if there wasn't a kyle pitts like pittsburgh pat would be the best tight end that we've seen come into the into the league over the past few seasons so you can You can get him at a discount, kind of like how Terrace Marshall, like going to seeing his NFL draft capital go from, oh, he's a late first rounder to, oh, no, he's a late second rounder. Like if you can get Pittsburgh Pat a little later in drafts, like he's still the same player. And Mm -hmm. you you also have to know if you're drafting him, you're committing long-term to him in that those first two years of production might not be there at tight end. And it doesn't mean it's over for him. Um the if I may, there, there's a tight end that didn't get drafted that we have to talk about because it it hurts like because it it really started at pro day because Brandon Jordan did not test well at all. He's yeah. very productive, but he he was not athletic, and it's like, oh no, oh no, but like surely, surely he would be. Still in the top four tight ends, but he didn't get drafted. We nope. saw, oh, we saw, uh, was it Terry um, McKitty? Terry McKitty got Trey drafted. McKitty. Brandon, Trey, Trey McKitty. McK- I'd call him Terry. There we go. So we've each done one tonight. So Trey, <laughs> Trey McKitty got a drafted. Bit. There we I go. A I, bit. I, I did it for you. <laughs> Brevin Jordan falling out of the third round. I, I would think he's going to get drafted in round four, but that, that hurts. That hurts a lot. Like Brevin Jordan is now at least best case scenario in in tight end rankings. He's got to be your tight end four. Like if you were, if it was a coin flip between him and Hunter Long, and uh, I, that's the one that people usually were on the fence about. It's absolutely gotta be Hunter Long now because he got the day two draft capital. Brevin Jordan did right. not. Um so poor Brevin Jordan. Like I, I'm hoping that his his value doesn't continue to plummet. I mean, these guys, we, we hate to see that. So yeah. Brevin Jordan, like ESPN had him as uh I guess like th- this is about where they have them. They have them ranked as their hundred and fourth overall prospect. That, that is not everything, <laughs> mm. <laughs> but but well, let's say we had Tommy Trimble also get drafted. Yeah. Um Tommy Tremble,
0: Trey McKitty.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Was there someone else? I know I guess not. Hunter Long and
0: nope. Pittsburgh
1: Pat. So Pittsburgh
0: Pat, Hunter Long, Tommy Trimble, so. Trey McKitty. And so now
1: Brevin Jordan is at best tight end six in terms of where he gets drafted. Ooh.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a bummer because <laughs> ah, you just hoped, I hoped, I really hoped the Colts would take a tight end in the first couple of days yeah. and um, they did not. So I did and they didn't take who I wanted them to take, which was fucking who were we just talking about? Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan. It. Yeah. yeah.
1: So so in looking ahead, it's like, okay, let's let's say because ESPN's ranking, they have them as 104th ranked uh prospect and after round three, we've seen 105 players drafted. So according to ESPN, we should be seeing Brevin Jordan get drafted anytime now. And looking okay. at the start of round four, the eight could be very quick for Brevin Jordan coming off the board because Jacksonville still is not addressed tight end. They are in dire need of a tight end. That's true. first pick. Yep. So Jacksonville could in that slide right there. That I would, would like help. that, actually. Yeah. 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 It, it would certainly help because it's not day two draft capital, but it's the first pick of day three. It is it's close, but very close. It becomes yeah. then the 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 weird corollary is is this Ian Thomas 2.0? Right. Where the Panthers' token is the first pick of day three. Uh, if not Jacksonville, Cincinnati, maybe. Or did, did Cincinnati? I don't think they took a tight end. I'm mm-hmm. I'm still kind of getting my notes. Let's Let's see. Nope they they didn't. Cincinnati could because Drew Sample is garbage and C J Uzama U- Uzama Uzama I, another name I can't pronounce. But he's coming back from Achilles. Like how ready yeah. is he going to be? Um, to Detroit now. If if Jacksonville doesn't take him, he could slide far. He could slide far. But to get away from poor Brevin Jordan, because that seemed to be the main like storyline, Trey McKitty going third round, what I took away from that was, oh, no, there goes the rest of Donald Parham's potential dynasty value. Because Jared Cook got signed, and they just invested a third-round pick in the yep. tight ends. I think it's over for Donald Parham. I do long, too, long. <laughs> and
0: probably Ian Thomas. <laughs> or Ian Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Even though I don't think Tommy Tremble is everything, I did. Ian Thomas hasn't been doing anything before Tommy Tremble, so I did. Th- th- this, did, you know, this doesn't help. Even though I don't think Tommy Tremble is much at all, but <laughs> Tommy yeah, Tremble
1: so. is is a the. He does have some athleticism, and the thing that he's got going for him is he is the best blocking tight end. I know that we don't get points for blocks, right? But some of his situation is just that Notre Dame system. They they love to use multiple tight ends, so mm. it's the <sighs> Notre Dame tight ends are tough, tough to evaluate because commit
0: <laughs> i think we, point. we have
1: to just look back yeah he's played with some really talented tight ends not just wide receivers tight ends so tremble the nfl values him so that is one our our buddies in the community that are more film film grind grinders that lean that way like that's gonna be who helps us with tommy tremble because you're right okay. analytics we don't have anything.
0: Well, and you know, you point out the whole thing with Notre Dame and tight ends, Mm -hmm. that goes back to even Kyle Rudolph. I mean, it's not as though looking at the profile that he, he doesn't have some crazy college dominator or yards per reception, but he's been a productive NFL tight end. And, and you know at following the Vikings, I've watched plenty of them, and man, he's pretty damn good. So I think there is something to that. So I guess we'll have to keep an eye on Mister Tremble then. But uh, Trey McKitty, I, I mean, that's an interesting name. I do like McKitty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I have to admit, I've nicknamed him McKitty Titty. Like it's just it's there. It's the low hanging fruit. It's a low-hanging fruit, it's and I, I couldn't resist. He's still a funny. So. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> and, and you know what's crazy here is one last thing on Tremble is mm. if you take Tommy Trimble and you take Brevin Jordan and you just combine the two, you have, you probably have the number two tight end in this class because Trimble's got the workout metrics and not really – the advanced stats and analytics and then right. revin jordan's got the opposite he lacks the workout metrics but he's got the advanced stats and analytics we just can't have good things in this draft class it seems every time we find <laughs> interesting prospects there has to be problems with them and this class gets sadder and sadder each yeah passing Eight. day <laughs>
0: I was talking to my brother and I'm like, this, this has been not the most fun draft. I must say, (laughs) I was like, the beginning was exciting with all the quarterbacks, but as soon as Denver didn't take fields, it was like fucking idiots. And then it just, it was a little bit interesting after that, but then it just, things got weird.
1: (laughs) So weird. So weird. Hey, one thing going for Tommy Trimble too, is he is under the age of 21 and, and honestly, Trimble's got to—he has got to be above Brevin Jordan now. I—I I know everyone wants Brevin Jordan, myself included. I wanted Brevin Jordan to be a thing. I before you yep. tested, I was like, "Here's Johnu Smith in the 2021 class. I'm on board." And then he—he he became the false prophet, or as I've dubbed him, the false prophet, because he's not the second coming of Johnu. But right. Tommy Trimble, under the age of 21 right now, and it's there's so much like that. I I always tell the, the Brandon Ayuk story. It was the more I dug into his story of, like, why was he not more productive, especially at, or like at a younger age? Well, I was able to get some answers, and at least we can go he only played two seasons. <laughs> two seasons at Notre Dame, and in one of those seasons they had Cole Komet, who went on to be a second-round pick in, in the NFL draft, so I don't We'll never know his teammate score until you know Matt Kelly, Josh Larky, and the and the crew. They add tight ends as a Johnny right, Smith fan. Right. I am ready for it. Give me right. John Smith's breakout rating.
0: Well, like you said, dude has some athleticism to him, which I did it, that that didn't go unnoticed. But the production, the the lack of actually playing, and the fact that you know Player Profiler itself ranks him way down there. And yeah. so, but from what you're saying, you've talked me into it. I'm definitely interested. I mean, you got to get somewhat interested for the draft capital. You gotta spend yeah. a little more time on it because it has been drafted in the third round. Yeah. And then you look at it and it and you made some very good points. And I had totally forgotten because I remember hearing about that before. Now, I mean, not even this year, but in previous years, the whole Notre Dame tight end thing. So mm-hmm that that was a that's a very good point to make as well so yes so i agree certain. keep an eye I'm on pretty this.
1: certain one of oh, their tight ends oh sorry i think what they have like a uh i've heard about this freshman tight end they have and i'm with you like I, I, it's hard for me to follow college football thoroughly right. but i've heard they've got this freshman tight end that's also really good so it's like mm-hmm. cole Komet, really good tight end and then right as Tommy Trimble is supposed to take over. They get this really good freshman tight end that was going to get playing time as well. So poor Trimble, he's, he's always right. playing with really good tight end teammates.
0: <laughs> well, it looks like we, we, there's a good chance. We're going to see what he's got in the NFL. And he's a little higher on my radar now. And uh, a lot more thanks to you than the draft capital. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, good stuff. Day two is in the books. Our thoughts of day two in the books, unless you have any final thing to add. I don't think so. I'm just ready to, well, uh, one of the things I'll add is people that
1: are listening to this. Uh, I don't know if it will be out quite yet, but if this gets released super early uh, tomorrow, like I, I will be joining the Roto Underworld live stream for day three. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm going to be on with, uh, with the boss man himself, Matt Kelly, along with oh, uh, awesome. uh, some of the other Roto Underworld people. It's gonna be great. I don't know what I'm gonna say. I don't know what I'm gonna be able to add, but it's just gonna be fun. I am pumped. Oh, dude, I'm you'll excited. be fine. Oh yeah, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. You do I'm, great.
1: Not, I'm not worried. Not worried at all. No, nah. uh, I've been I've been watching the live stream of Matt Kelly and the rest of the Roto Underworld. He had this. Just, <laughs> I don't know why um, why he was dressed up the way he was, but you know what, Matt Kelly always entertaining and always. more
0: of that always so. i didn't get to see any of it been so damn busy the past couple of days of just been able to keep up with well i got to watch a good chunk of uh, round 1 um because I remember yelling at my TV when the Broncos didn't take Justin Fields. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I wish I would have gotten around to check out the stream. So I'm going to try my damnedest to check it out tomorrow, especially with the March Heron making an appearance. That's right. So excited for your brother. That's good. Cool stuff. Good to see. Good to see. I like to see someone like yourself, such a hard worker getting some extra recognition. It's good stuff, man. Awesome.
1: Awesome. 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 And I, th- I think that's it. Like it was another fun day. It's yeah. great seeing who shoots up draft boards and who starts to fall. And oh, it's it was Christmas part two.
0: I loved it. Right. <laughs> and you know, I probably won't keep up on it as hardcore as I have been. Um today because i haven't watched a whole lot but i've been keeping up um i use the bleach report app and just click on the little draft board thingy they have there and it's just bam so i've been keeping up on that shit all day might not do it as hardcore tomorrow but i am going to be tuning in early because i definitely definitely am interested at least in the first part of that fourth round for sure for fucking sure so All right, everybody, thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all the Twitters at RMK Madness, at AaronStuo9, at DW underscore pod. All right, good stuff. Everybody, also enjoy day three. It should be fun. We'll see. I mean, you know, it's the least important part of the draft, but it doesn't mean that players never come from it, right, right? we see predict we we do see it doesn't happen as often but <laughs> that's why you get so bummed out when certain players don't go on day 2 but hey it's not the 100% complete death wish so we'll see what happens tomorrow it'd be nice to see Atlanta take a running back that might get me a little interested you know but we'll see what happens and brevin jordan please someone take brevin jordan just like right away jacksonville just do it the right Although that might be too close, like you said, to Ian Thomas, so we better be careful what we wish for. (laughs) All right. All right, my friend, if you have nothing else, we will get the hell out of here. We're good. All right, man. Well, thank you again, everybody, for joining us. We will be back. uh, I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens tomorrow, but for sure we'll be back with an episode Tuesday. Uh, you know, some more thoughts on the draft and things. Just, you know, keep this conversation going because uh, it's gonna be the talk of the town, as they say, for a few weeks now, just trying to figure out and and you know, take all this in and and try and figure out what it all means. That's what that's what we do. That's what we do. So until we chat again, Aaron. For us, that'll probably be tomorrow at some point. And for the rest of you, until next week, we will chat with you then. And I better get this damn music going. See, I'm all off kilter tonight. <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens when I don't prepare myself enough. But hey, hey, we're all good. We're all good. Good stuff, Aaron. As always, man, you are the man. You are the man. And I can't wait to see you on that stream tomorrow. That's gonna be good shit. I'm excited. Oh God. <sighs> From the March Heron, from the Mad Chatter, we're getting the fuck out of here. Enjoy day three, and we'll chat again soon. Latest! we well, mad here. And for fuck's sake, Atlanta dropped a random. Dynasty Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs>